Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. As we have said, this is World Communion Sunday. This is uh, the Sunday when we remember that we who are Christians are connected around the world and even to people we don't expect to see in the back of the sanctuary that we are happy to see, Michael Long. And so, on World Communion Sunday, now everybody going to look and wave at Michael. We miss you. And now... Uh, on World Communion Sunday, we come together to remember we are one people. We are one people in Jesus Christ. That's who we are called to be. And so we have uh, this story from uh, the book of Acts. And in the first 12 or 13 chapters of Acts, we follow Peter who has become the leader of the apostles. Now, it's not surprising that Peter would become the leader of the apostles. He's the one we see the most among the disciples, sometimes doing crazy things like trying to walk on water, sometimes failing uh, in denying Jesus. But remember, he is the one to whom Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. And so it is that he is the leader of the apostles. But here's the thing, people. You and I hear, on this rock I will build my church, and we think, oh, cross, altar, pews, church building, rails. We begin to think church as we know church. But guess what? All he heard was, on this rock I will build my ecclesia, my group of people called out of the world and called together. On you, I will expect you to bring together, to make and gather all of God's people together. Jesus didn't then go, oh, and by the way, Peter, here's the manual I've been writing. He didn't say, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been working on some blueprints. Here you go, guy. No, he doesn't get any instructions. He just simply gets this idea that you're going to be the one to lead us forward. And so here we are in, cha in chapter 10 of Acts. And the back story is this. There is a Roman centurion by the name of Cornelius. And he and his whole household are, are God followers. They believe in God. And, and the text tells us they're trying to do the right thing, but they are Gentiles. Oh, my goodness gracious. 
These are people uh, that the Jews have not had anything to do with for generations. And Peter gets called to come to the home of Cornelius because these are God-following people. So here comes Peter to this household. And he announces that God shows no partiality. God shows no favoritism. God is open to every single human being. Now, first of all, this is a pretty remarkable statement for someone like Peter to make. He has spent his whole life being formed as a good Jew into what you do and do not do. And here he is saying, doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what nation you come from. It doesn't matter any of the physical characteristics of God has created all of us. In fact, I put it this way. God has created every human being with a God-sized hole in our soul. A God-sized hole hole in our soul. And the only thing that will ever fill the hole in our soul is the peace and the presence and the power and the love and the grace of the living God. Human beings today and for all generations have done everything we can to fill the hole in our soul with everything but God. We try today to fill the hole in our soul with money, and with all kinds of material goods, we think, oh, if I just got a new car, I would be satisfied. If I just got a bigger house, I would be satisfied. If I just got a new TV, if I just this or that, I would be so satisfied. I, my life would be complete until we have it. And then we're like looking for the next thing to fill. That hole just sucks all those things right up and it doesn't fill what we need. The only thing that will ever fill that hole in our soul is the living God, the power, the presence, the love of the living God dwelling within us. And that is offered to every human being on the planet Earth. God shows no impartiality, but we do. That's the problem. If you look at the church throughout history from generation to generation, we make decisions about who's in and who's out. We like to decide who's not worthy of God. And God all the time is saying, I show no impartiality. If you want to know me, you are welcome. You know, yesterday... Uh, uh, because I have nothing else to do. I went to the Board of Laity for the Oklahoma Conference, uh, and they asked me to teach them a little bit about Methodist history. And while we were talking about the history of Methodism, I said to them, y'all, do you know that in 1816, now the church was founded in 1784 in America, the United, well, not the United, but the Methodist Church, and then in 1816 in Baltimore, which was kind of the mecca or the center of Methodism back then, the church was 40% black. 
Almost half of the members of the church back then were African-American. Today in the United Methodist Church, less than 10%. Imagine if we had not driven people away because we didn't think that, that they were worthy of God or fully human or whatever was the, the distorted logic in the human brain. Can you imagine what this church of Jesus Christ would look like today? how this place would be looking like the kingdom of God. We would be brothers and sisters in Christ in the way that we are called to be. God shows no partiality. It's you and I who begin to do that over and over again. And there's a lesson here from Peter about what it is we need to learn to be the church of Jesus. Because why in the world would Peter who has spent his whole life avoiding the Gentiles, now be proclaiming that they are welcome. So, think about this. Since Peter became the leader of these apostles after Jesus was ascended into heaven, first thing that happens is Pentecost. And all the nations and, and languages are flowing and they're hearing one another and they're in fellowship together. Peter sees this amazing outpouring of the Spirit at work. And then Peter is up on the roof of the house hungry. And he has this vision where God says, don't worry about kosher food. It's okay to eat with Gentiles. It doesn't matter. Now, many people would have done this. They'd have gone, oh, no, I can't ever do that. But Peter is open to God. Peter walks by faith. Peter does not walk by knowledge. And you and I, too often, we want what we already know. We don't want to be open to God and let God lead us someplace new. We want to stay where we are. We want, to, we want to stick with what we know. We want to be where we've always been with the people we've always been with. We like, we lo we like knowledge better than faith. We like to be where we know rather than go where God asks us to go. But Peter open to God. And then, this is, I think this is really funny, guys, and I think most of you miss it. So there's Peter. He goes through this long uh, uh, talk where he's bearing witness to the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and the text says, and while he was still talking, God pours out the Holy Spirit. While he's still talking, God interrupts him. He's still talking, and God says, Hey, Peter, I wonder if in your life God has ever interrupted you. Have you ever been in a place where you're, you're, you're talking or, or you're, you're telling God what you want or you're, you're, you've got your ideas and you're, you're, you're sure of what you should be doing and where you should be going, and then God interrupts you? Shh. Sometimes we're so busy talking that we're not listening to God. Sometimes we're so busy talking, we're not open to when God says, hey, I got something here for you to see. But Peter, 
when he sees what God is doing, when he sees that God is giving the Spirit to the Gentiles, what does he say? Is there anyone here who can deny these people baptism in the name of Jesus Christ? You see what Peter is doing? Peter is open to God. Peter is letting God be the one to guide. Peter is willing to put aside what he has known, what he has been told, what he has thought, what he has done as being the right thing to do and to think and to say and to be and is willing to let God lead him into a new future. And I'm telling you, you and I wouldn't be here today if not for people like Peter who heard the living God and took the word and the message of Jesus to all the world and especially to the Gentiles. Few of us are children of the Jewish people. We are mostly children of the Gentiles. So here is this question to us. It's so important. I was up in uh, Kansas at the Church of the Resurrection's Leadership Institute, and Kerry Newhoff was talking to us, and he's a, a famous church leadership expert consultant, not famous to you, but, you know, famous to those of us who follow that stuff. And he said this. He said, your church is not fulfilling God's mission. And everybody's like, what do you mean? We're trying to fulfill God's mission. And he said, I don't care if you have 11,000 people who are in your church. There are 8 million outside the doors who don't know Jesus. You have not fulfilled God's mission. How do we begin to let God lead us into the future? Are we willing to let God lead us into the future? Are we willing to let God interrupt what we are doing so that God may pour the Holy Spirit upon us and we can do a new thing on behalf of a hurting world? There are all kinds of people beyond these walls who are anxious and lonely, who don't know how to fill that hole in their soul. And yet Jesus has commissioned us to go to all the world to make friends and brothers and sisters of all. God is working right now. And I pray that in the next days or weeks or months, God will interrupt your life with something new. I pray that God will interrupt this village with something new that God wants us to do and where God wants us to go. But the question that Peter asks us is this. Will we be open to what God is doing? In the 